Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here. Fightful.com Raw Podcast. It is June 26th. If you all didn't already, go check out our post-UFC Oklahoma City and post Bellator NYC show uh, from last night. Lots of controversy there. Alex Palowski, by the way, associate editor of Fightful.com. I was just telling you this is going to be underrated, like one of the most busy weeks I've ever had at Fightful.com. This is this is a sneaky week, Alex. Yeah. We got the G1 special coming up Saturday night. We have night two coming up Sunday, which David Tease will be covering on New Japan World. And at the same time, Impact Slammiversary. And the thing with that is Impact and New Japan, they're all about us interviewing their talent. And they're all about that. WWE just assumes that we're going to cover whoever, whatever mainstream people that they, they send their people to. But Access and New Japan – and Impact are like, well, hey, do you want EC3? Do you want Josh Matthews? Do you want Cody Rhodes? Do you want Josh Barnett? How about Jim Ross? How about Kenny Omega? So we're, we're talking to all those people. It's a wild week, Alex. Yeah. No, that, yeah, it definitely sounds that there's de- developments uh, last weekend uh, that make the G1 really interesting. Uh, and um, a little tidbit today. That Slammiversary is going to have some Lucha Underground mofos in yeah. it. Yeah. And that makes that really intriguing. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting weekend. Yeah, some of the stuff that I've gotten from those guys is already up. Like Josh Matthews revealing to me that he was set to be the first ever X Division champion in TNA history in 2002 because TNA wanted to capitalize off of Tough Enough. And he was like, well, I know I signed a deal, but can we rip that up? Because WWE wants me to be a broadcaster. So that, that's pretty cool. I was on a one-hour conference call with Kenny Omega today, and he updated me on his, his visa status. 
he sounded a little he, taken aback when we hit him with that question early on, but he was like, yeah, I want to work in the States, but I didn't want to just get a visa to get a visa. I wanted to get one under New Japan. And if I work in the States, it's probably going to be for Pro Wrestling Gorilla or Ring of Honor. So that's going to be cool. We've got an hour of audio with him up on the website now. Uh, very cool stuff. He is remarkably honest. We asked him about Hanma and Shibata's injuries, about lots of stuff. Uh, Cody Rhodes. And I'll be talking to Cody Rhodes tomorrow. So, guys, lots of stuff going on this weekend. Pacquiao versus Horn coverage. That's going to be on ESPN Saturday night while G1's going on. So Carlos and Steve, I think, have a post-show podcast for that as well. It's wild. I'll be talking to former UFC heavyweight champion Josh Barnett, but not about UFC. It'll be about this G1 special. That too. Of course, the list and your boy this Wednesday returns to Wednesday afternoons uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern. As we mentioned, J.J. Dillon finished up with us. Uh, We've got uh, Deanna Perrazzo talking to us this week. You've seen her on NXT, SmackDown Live, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, Stardom, a little bit of everywhere. She'll be joining us for a couple of weeks. Lots of stuff over at Fightful.com. Of course, visit FightfulPods.com. And at 20,000 subscriptions on YouTube, I'm giving away the guitar. Big news, Alex. I'm going to give it away. I'll even pay the shipping. Wow. Wow. Guys, you subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe. Matter of fact, unsubscribe, then subscribe again so you can get closer to 20,000. That doesn't, it doesn't work like that. In fact, we'll probably lose subscribers because you said that. Thanks, Alex. No. Monday night. I was just trying to help out our listeners. Monday night raw. What, what you need to do, guys, if, if you do that, if you're going to do that, at least unsubscribe, then go, I'm not finished with you. And then resubscribe. Yeah, that's necessary. It is necessary. So here we go. We got Monday night raw to talk about tonight. Um, in a Cody Rhodes is a world champion era. We had this Monday Night Raw from Los Angeles. And this was largely sold on LeVar and Lonzo Ball, which I cannot wait to get to. But the opening segment, Roman Reigns comes out in his absolutely dirty shirt that he has. Oh, man. And accepts Braun Strowman's ambulance match challenge for great balls of fire. Reigns has some really good heat here, though. An ambulance backs out. He goes and checks it. It's empty. And Braun Strowman kicks the living shit out of him and throws him into the side of an ambulance. Alex, this is tiptoeing into greatest feud or my favorite feud ever territory. Not like my favorite ever, but among my favorite ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. Um, remember the first time that Braun Strowman got into a, into a, a wrestling ring with, with Roman Reigns? Like back when he debuted under the black sheep mask and he was a little heavy and had that weird like face that was too small for his giant head. Um, yeah. And you think about that like a year and a half later that now we're going to get this. Amazing what a haircut can do. I know. It really is. Uh, he He's doing such great work. That has been for, for months. Even back when he was just squashing three jobbers at a time, he was still doing great work. Uh, and – yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for this mainly because I I feel like considering how uh, over this Samoa Joe Brock Lesnar program is right now, they may not want to do a one off with that and just kick Joe to the curb and move Brock on to the next guy. 
which means that Braun may be free, Roman may be free. You think they're, they're, they, there's rumblings. They may want to put the strap back on a guy who's on TV every week. So there's all sorts of options out there um, for the stuff that can happen at the outcomes at hashtag great balls. And I can't Dude, wait. I would, I would strap the rocket ship to Braun Strowman. I would put oh, the I title would. on him. And, and it's okay. You see, the thing is, you can ha- he can be dominant and like hardly ever lose, but still lose the title. That's what triple threat matches are for. That's what like money in the money in the bank situations are for. There are ways to do that. I would strap the rocket ship to him. People love him. And I mean, Vince McMahon's thing has been he, he doesn't usually hesitate to put green guys over. I mean, let, let's be honest. Braun Strowman's better in the ring than Bill Goldberg. Yeah. And that guy yeah. had a run earlier this year. I'm all in on Braun Strowman. I've never been happier to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Never been happier. The guy is incredible. He fits. The feud with Roman Reigns is really good. They're keeping Roman Reigns short and sweet. If they just got, didn't give him a Jordan knockoff shirt, thinking yeah. that like that can be their, their, <laughs> their Jerry West logo or whatever it is. Did you see uh, two things? Did you see uh, Braun's poem that he posted on Instagram? Yeah, sure. Roses did. are red. Roses are red. Violets are blue. You must have forgotten. I'm not finished with you. It was wonderful. All time great. Uh, and then he posted something during the show. I'm going to see if I can find it. Where he said, um, oh, splat, or something like that. <laughs> We complete with a gif of him throwing Roman against the side of the ambulance. He calls him the little fantastic. Oh, so Kyler James, Kyler James just said feud of the year in WWE. Yeah, I think I agree with him. I mean, it's 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 lasted a long damn time. You know what I mean? Like they only had their first match at at Fastlane back in March, but it was brewing through the Royal Rumble, uh, through February. Like they they were putting this thing over uh, as something big and it's continued even with braun having to take time off for uh for the injury when he came back it was still as hot as ever so this thing could since february a little interesting fact on tv the world champion whoever is the wwe universal champion has had one match and that mm-hmm. is goldberg defending it against lesnar since goldberg won it because Lesnar yeah. hasn't wrestled on TV since then. It's kind of kind of wild. Jinder Mahal's over yep. on SmackDown putting him work too. And I gotta say, his, his work is improving a little bit. That thirty day rule is a bitch, huh? Yeah. <sighs> ben Balor and the Hardy Boys, the Extreme Balor Club, faced uh, Cesaro, Sheamus, and Elias Sampson. Elias out there with a couple of stools with. Seamus and Cesaro, and he says, usually I'm a solo act, but here in the Staples Center, and they get interrupted. He's got some good heat. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, he's, he's like upper mid-card singles heel now. Can you imagine thinking that literally two months ago? Like, it's yeah. just ridiculous uh, how, how well his act plays on the, on the main roster. And how kind of like nobody gave a shit at, in NXT. And now yeah. it's a big thing. Some bro from Transformers was here on commentary, which means this match means absolutely dick. Yeah. 
but he was there to put over a new movie that he's starring in with Seamus. They're going to film it together. Seamus is going to be in this movie. It's a comedy. So you know Seamus is going to be great in it. Oh, yeah, boy. Balor's entrance is a real superstar entrance. And for all the trash, I talk about his front drop kicks. The one that he did where he rolled backwards and then hit it, I thought that looked really good. I thought his work in this six-man tag was pretty exceptional, except for the usual quirks I have about him, which makes me think that that I want Anderson and Gallows with him even more because he works so well in these six-man tags. And the Hardys, I know they are both beat to absolute shit. But they have adapted both of their styles. Either that, or they've just continued to not give a single shit doing Twist of Fates to the floor and dives and everything. Right. Yeah. Nuts. They win. Balor um, had a good spot as a house of fire. Uh, also, I bought that pin on Matt after the Cesaro Sheamus finish. I was like, wow, they're about to pin Matt. Yep. No, this this was this was great for what it was. For for a match so unimportant, you have a guy putting over Transformers 5 on commentary. Uh, like, yeah, it doesn't mean anything, but they, they sold it like it did. That's great. Um, it's interesting that you say, well, hey, let's put Anderson and Gallows back with Finn Balor because uh, apparently we're on main event. Working baby face. And working babyface. That's a little tidbit that might lead to something. Maybe. Sorry, I didn't, didn't mean to finish your sentence like a dick, but uh, – wasn't sure if you were going to finish it. All right. Occupational hazard. Yeah. Goldust is back. Redebuting him in Hollywood was clever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well played. He has a little gold cameraman, Rob of Shake Them Ropes, put like joke that casting Rockstar Spud as his cameraman was a good idea. And that makes me think, yeah, they need to see when his contract's up. Yeah, he would be great. Because Rockstar Spud as his cameraman would be very, very good. So uh, shout-outs to, to Rob on that. Goldust theme still goes hard. R-Truth is ready for the match, but uh, Goldust cheap shots him and attacks him while the cameraman films. Goldust is back in his old gear, which I think he wore in the Battle Royal at WrestleMania as well. He did. So I'm cool with this. Good stuff. Uh, okay, good stuff. Yeah, this, sure. is, this is probably going to wind up being on the Great Balls of Fire pre-show. Um, yeah. It's the kickoff show, kickoff in the Great Balls show, uh, and that should be fun. I mean, I think I'm that really, Goldust. I'm, I'm wanting to see them. these guys actually have a match, considering how Goldust should really call off. them like the pre-show previews and the the pay-per-view, the feature presentation, or some shit like that. That'd be good. I like that. I like the way your head's at. Somebody says Summer Ray for Marlena 2K17. I've I mentioned that like weeks ago. I wish they would do that. I mean, at least they would give they're, – they're paying the girl. Like, and here's the thing. She was just at this giant gala for the Maxim Hot 100. Wouldn't it be nice if you could promote that and cross-promote it somewhere, but she's never on TV, so. Did, did they promote Sasha at the BET Awards? They didn't do that either. It was kind of odd to me that usually they God, that all a- about that kind of stuff. That was on my timeline from like non wrestling people too. Like people were, she was getting some praise out of that. Uh, Samoa Joe terrorizes Paul Heyman backstage. We will circle back to that. We get these uh, little segments where Bailey and the other women in the gauntlet match later are picking their numbers. Fair enough, building the match. Alexa Bliss tries to butter up Nia Jax, but Nia Jax isn't buying it. 
it seems like we see this every single week out of Alexa Bliss. This has been Alexa Bliss every single week. They got to write something different for her at this point. It's been this way since SmackDown. Yes, I agree. It has been. And they, they leaned on it too hard because now is the perfect time for it. Because, because as we'll talk about later, now Naya has an incentive to try and destroy Alexa Bliss's future uh, opponent at, mm-hmm. at Great Balls of Fire. So now Naya has a reason to be her bodyguard because she's pissed at the person who beat her tonight. Somebody mentioned that they did show still pics of uh, still photos of Sasha. So good for that. Then we get to Ms. TV <laughs> with the big ballers. Lonzo Ball, LaMelo Ball, LaVar Ball. LaMelo is in high school. He has questionably dropped like 92 points before in a game, in a weird, very weird situation. Lonzo got drafted number two last Thursday by the Lakers. LaVar is their loudmouth father who has been all over, all over sports TV. All over it. Now, I know a lot of people still don't know who he is, and that's fine, but they got the reaction they wanted out of this crowd. LaVar did a pretty good wrestling intro after... (laughs) After whatever that was to get him into the ring. He is a natural at this. Like, I mean, how much training do you think at this that he's ever had? Like, be, he's just a gas bag, loud mouth, puts himself over at every point. He, he, he's, he will not shut up. Like, he has no... Maybe I shouldn't say this or that thing I just said two seconds ago was dumb that a lot of people would have. He just keeps going, which is the problem with this segment and the best part about this segment at the same time. Like yeah. the other people he's been working with, the professionals couldn't get any words in edgewise, but he was just – he was insane. So I wonder what kind of like issues, like whatever sanctioning body that – LaMelo ball plays basketball under are going to try to levy over this because this is him benefiting from his likeness. And that to be quite honest, I find once, once locker feed launches, you'll, you'll figure out my, my opinions on the NCAA and amateur sports and shit like that. But a bunch of horse shit, quite honestly. Now there (laughs) Miz and LaVar go back and forth. And there are several lines that I died at. Like, Miz stands for million zippers. <laughs> but that was, like, off the top of his head. Like, the one before yes. was, like, misinformed. Like, I forget what the, what the Z stand stood for. But, like, that was obviously scripted. Zygote. Wait, that's an X. Something like that. But he was like, oh, no, it stands for million zippers. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. And then, then Miz says, oh, what, you got... You got Lonzo Ball here. You got Lamelo Ball here. What are you going to do? Unleash all the balls on me? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Dean uh, Ambrose comes out to, like, help him or something. I don't know. He's no. got balls, so he says. And he, this, he, uh, he he parlays it into a great balls of fire pitch. He was the worst thing about this. He was. Just the idea that I, I like the thing. He comes out wearing a big baller brand 
T-shirt, which, by the way, like if you don't know anything about this, the, the, the father has parlayed his oldest son's success into creating a brand for – he's basically what they're basing Titus brand on. And he's selling $500 shoes, and he's selling them. And he's selling them. Uh, it's ridiculous. But um, the fact that Abros comes out in a big baller brand shirt, but he's supposed to be the good guy, uh, and obviously LeVar is a heel here, he's like, ah, I like free shirts, which is a great th- – absolutely, Dean Ambrose, I believe, likes free shirts and would wear a free shirt if you gave it to him. Um, but they cut I, – I firmly believe they cut off another minute of whatever was supposed to happen because youngest ball was out here dropping N-words casually – and it was like dropped about as many as we've seen in WCW and WWE history combined yes. on screen in yeah. the pro- in about five seconds. Oh yeah, somebody cut this short. <laughs> oh boy, listen, I am not too good to enjoy a total dumbass of a segment, and that's what this is. As I tweeted, this was the Kimbo Slice versus Dada five thousands of five thousand of wrestling segments, and I loved it. I loved the entire train wreck of it all because it didn't hurt anybody mm-hmm. it didn't hurt anybody and it's going to be all over sports center tomorrow because not saying that's a good thing either it just it just is it'll be there uh, <laughs> this and a lot of people aren't going to like it and i completely understand those of you who totally do not you. like it because right. a lot of you don't even know who any of these people outside of the mizzendine right. ambrose are i found it very entertaining i'm an nba guy It's just, you know. Well, you tweeted that it, this was this was some funny shit, and I was like, "Yeah, no, it was absolutely both funny and shit." But I, yeah. I laughed at times, and it was also like completely off the rails. Yeah. So I couldn't really pay attention to the entourage facing Dean Ambrose, Slater, and Rhino because I was still recovering from that segment. <laughs> This, this was to establish Miz's team. They won. Yes. My sole note was Rhino and Slater are exactly the guys that I think that Dean Ambrose would go find and say, hey, you want to tag tonight? Yes. If Dean Ambrose had an entourage, it would absolutely be Heath Slater and Rhino. Uh, and it made sense for them to be that after their interaction with the Miz. Cool right. with that. And I, 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 It's also they have a built-in history between Slater and and uh, Axel and Dallas, they were all in the social outcast together. You could run a little mini thing between those two tag teams, you know, just five-minute matches here and there, and it would actually have meaning behind it. Um, the one thing that I love is that um, now it's this Miz TV segment. They had the Miz and his cronies do a little uh, fallout video before the show where they were all in suits, and, like, there's this great – screenshot I captured, put it up on my Twitter. This is already the best heel faction in years. Like, like just the idea of, like, Miz looking into the camera the way it was with his aviators and Bo Dallas back in a very, like, striking ponytail, two ear piercings, and the big beard with a full suit. Like, he looks like a merc from Afghanistan went and decided to work private security for the Kardashians. Like, it's perfect casting for these guys. And uh, I'm I'm all in on where they go with this, especially if they keep Maurice around. If they if they get kick her to the curb, I'm much less involved in this whole storyline because she's so great. Yeah, I love Maurice. I think 
she's awesome. I, see, when she wrestled, I always thought that like her body language, her facial expressions, they were always really good. It was always just the in-ring thing. But she's always been such a natural heel. Very, very good at that. Yeah, this Enzo promo. Enzo specified that he's reached out to Cash repeatedly this week to no avail. It's little things like that that I like. Like, why are you out here calling this guy out? Why wouldn't you hit him up on WhatsApp? Why don't you drop him an Instagram DM? Enzo uh, gets Cass out there, and Enzo says that Cass was right about a lot of the things he says, which is among one of the most babyface things that Enzo has ever done. He recognized that he was wrong. Cass apologizes and says he's ashamed. They embrace, hit their catchphrase, and then Cass attacks him at the top of the ramp. Were you swerved at all by this? Did you did you buy into the reformation? I'll tell you this. Listen. I was going to do a Fightful Books it this week on them, and I'm not doing yeah. it now. Right. Um, I, I was floored by a lot of the aspects of this. Like, the idea of Enzo comes out and owns up to his shit and says, yeah, a lot of the reasons you gave for – hitting me upside the head were totally legitimate reasons and I apologize for those things and I'm going to get better. Whoever says that in wrestling, baby face or heel, no one ever does that. They're always defiant to the very end. Mm-hmm. And, and um, his whole promo was, was great. Didn't rely on catchphrases or shtick. Thing. You could tell this was a real moment between Enzo and his best friend of several years Cass's promo back was also very good. Screw you to the people who were wanting it for a while because I think they figured out after a while that it was done so well that we all kind of bought in. And I mean, I, I, was, I was like, wow, A, I can't believe they would go back on this, and B, if they did, what a great way to create renewed for these two guys in a renewed push towards something. Because as these baby, fa- we need more baby faces in this division. And then when they got to the top of the ramp and they stopped, I was like, "Oh no, this is why we can't have nice things." Because friendship is dead in wrestling in the WWE. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit, uh, but I, I'm with you, man. I'm like, I had multiple people that are like, well, before the turn, that said, "Well, what was the point of this?" And I said, "I, I was sitting there thinking when, as I was watching it." What would be wrong with that? Shit happens sometimes. Like, I would be completely okay with them reforming, then going on a renewed... Like, people, friends fight. Brothers fight. It happens. I Two brothers I know fought each other at one of their weddings. They're still friends. They're still cool. After this, Cass goes off on Corey Graves for exposing him. Now, I'm not sure why Cass is so upset about that. He tells Graves to mind his own business. Now, I don't, I'm not sure where this is going, but you know, I wonder why the hell does Cass care at this point? He's had multiple opportunities to not follow through on this, to apologize. Somebody mentioned to me, maybe he had a bigger plan. I hope that he explains that, that he had like some really elaborate plan. I've had other people that say, he snitched. Nah, I don't buy that. I don't buy that because why would he care? It's 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 more than that. Two grown men. Come on. What do you think? Well, uh, he was trying to get out of it. 
for the longest time during this thing, trying to blame it on Big Show and everything. So my thought is either, A, he had a longer plan, bigger plan, like you said, or he was he wanted to go back on it. Like, maybe he was having second thoughts. Uh, and now forced to, to confront it, he went all in. I don't know. But snitching is not why he's doing it, I don't think. I agree. Interested in the Corey Graves stuff, though. Still interested. By the way, I haven't gotten your thoughts on Mauro Ronaldo coming back to WWE as a part of NXT. Um, I think it's a perfect match. I think this, these are the things he should be calling. Um, I, I, seems seems I mean, great I'm, all around. No right. JBL in his ear. No yeah. Vince in his ear. I think he and Nigel could be great together. I mean, Percy will see what, if, if, or if anything that he adds to it. But I think him and Nigel could be great together. Um, and I, I'm looking – terrible. I'm so looking forward to uh, the match tomorrow uh, on Wednesday between Asuka. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. And, and Nikki Cross, the rude, strong match. And then eventually, further down the line, a Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano match called by peak Mauro Ronaldo at his frothing best. That could be a lot of fun. Now, I know that they were talking to Mauro Ronaldo in like April, but man, that guy started to get job after job after job. He's calling the, the big boxing fight in Wembley, and that, that was a major success. Then uh, Bellator was like, yeah, we want you to come to the Garden, Madison Square Garden, and call our pay-per-view. Then Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, and I think NXT is the perfect fit for him. He's not going to have to spew the the pop culture references. He's not going to be bogged down with a big booth. You know, I get it. WWE has their thing set up to where they want a certain demographic covered with their announced team and – Instead of going and finding somebody who would be good at it, they, they're just like, who's the first guy we can find? It's really weird, but hopefully find somebody better. I mean, all the stuff that I've seen Marlo talking about on social media when people say, thanks for coming back. I, I can't wait to see you. He says, thank Triple H. Thank Triple H. Thank yeah. Triple H. Like, like to me, it feels like this is Triple H saying, you know, hey, Marlo, none of that stuff's going to go on here. And I want you to be you because I want a, a, a real definitive voice for NXT. I mean, that could be the case because if he's allowed to be himself and not have any of that other pressure out there, I mean, we'll see what, what happens. Well, it's the old curmudgeonly assholes in the company that are stuck in that way. Michael Cole brought him in. Michael yeah. Cole brought in a guy that he knew was among the best combat sports commentators ever knew that he was one of the hottest voices in pro wrestling off of New Japan, a guy that could potentially have taken his job. And Michael Cole was like, this is what we need. 
we if we're going to do brand separation, we need brand separation. So good, good for good for all involved that they were able to move on from it. But yeah, Seth Rollins defeated Kurt Hawkins. Squash. I don't like Rollins' new finish, and we get the most typical Bray Wyatt promo ever. Like, imagine like I don't know, 2013, 2014, early twenty fifteen, and you say Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins are going to have a, a feud against each other. Like, ooh, that could be great. And now you're like, oh, God damn it. I don't want to watch that. You know, like like how far are these two guys, these two young guys who could have been basically, you know, to use the the, the parlance basically of the uh, 2K advertisement they're showing, the Batman and the Joker of, of WWE. Like they could have been great opposite each other. And now we don't care because you've kind of, You've nerfed one of them and ruined the other one. You know, so uh, I wish I was more excited about this. There's not a lot to say about it. I'm not. I'm not. Heyman gives a great intro to Brock Lesnar where he calls Joe a Samoan dumbass. Paul Heyman was really great tonight. It was great. Joe catches Brock from behind and chokes him. Brock fights back. Runs him into the video boards, does everything he can to fight it. But Joe locks it in. Several wrestlers come out to break it up. This was a really good angle. I think WWE has been on fire with with a lot of what they have done outside of the ring lately. Like it, It's given me some optimism. If they can just kind of step it up overall in the ring. Like I, I do miss those days when, we would, when the Shield was around and we'd have those like 35, 40-minute six-man tags that would just rip the entire roof off the house they're in a different spot now so man if, if the in-ring can come even close to what i think the outside the ring stuff has been like i think we're gonna have some great shows because this is a second straight raw i've enjoyed the hell out of yeah no this i mean everything they're doing with with joe and and brock and paul is gold the the, the thing before we, we skipped over where paul Heyman's being interviewed and and Samoa Joe gets his back mm-hmm. and puts it locks in. The, he's like, I could take, put you out right now, but I'm not going to. And it was just it's such such great like terroristic threats. Uh, and then Joe attacking Brock from behind on his way down to the ramp, uh, and Brock fighting back in the most vicious ways he possibly you could think of with you know within the scripted reasoning because I'm pretty sure Brock can get out of that if he needs if he wants to. But yeah. Um. I did this to you, screamed with red-faced fury, is the greatest taunt in the history of taunting. Uh, I love when Joe breaks that out. He, used to, he did that to Shinsuke back at NXT and Finn a couple of times. Uh, I love that side of Joe. I'm all in for this match on Great Balls of Fire. Even though part of me thinks they might just have, you know, Lesnar shrug off some early offense and go to Suplex City and that'll be it. I will say that that very choke did make a woman shit her pants on last night's UFC show. Here, here was the situation we were in, Alex. It was so funny. The main event got stopped with a rear naked choke. The guy didn't tap out. He wasn't going out. He explained what he was doing. He was trying to get Kevin Lee to burn out his forearms. That can be debated. But this guy stopped a fight with this move when a woman literally shit her pants and then somehow escaped that very submission. 
So to me, it ain't over yeah. till it's over. I got an you article. Know it's over. I got an article up on it, and she said shit happens in a tweet later on. Uh, very, very. Um, she she took it very well. Took that shit very well. Mm-hmm. We'll say. Hey guys, head over to the forums. Start topics over there. I love keeping in touch with you all in the forums. Uh, we're going to be adding sports soon, but I want to see you all uh, run some threads on some shows, UFC shows, these New Japan shows, Slammiversary, SmackDown, Raw, anything like that. I know we have the the discuss chats as well, but head over there. Use our forums. I, I want to make that a second home for you guys. Also, make sure to check out Anna Bauer's Most Ridiculous. We're going to have a little change in basically schedule for that upcoming soon. I'll have Anna explain that to you all. But yeah, I really want to push those forums on you guys. Really love that you all have been using those, everything from movie reviews to just talking trash to asking us questions. I love that too. Head over to the uh, Fightful.com forums. What else we got on this show? Neville. Oh, actually, I'll, I'll talk about the Paul Heyman thing. Paul Heyman cuts a great promo backstage about how as a promoter, he loves everything that's going on here because it's going to make everybody more money and it pushes Brock Lesnar up against a wall and motivates him. I am super cool with stuff like this that not only doesn't insult your audience's intelligence, but it, it's, it's almost a compliment to your audience's intelligence. I'm cool with that. I love it. Yeah, no. God, I, I tweeted, God bless Paul Heyman because he managed a way to – end this um, promo by using the lyrics from Great Balls of Fire in just the greatest, most over the top. It sound good. Sound good. If there's anyone out there who can make that shit sound good, it's Paul E. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Neville defeated Lince Dorado. Tazawa still has a seat upgrade, which is rich. Dorado does this badass suicide dive like somersault. That was really cool. Uh, I know you were upset because people sat on their hands, as was I. This was short and fast-paced. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Neville gets the win. I don't know what you want, people who watch Mm -hmm. cruiserweight matches and don't All you people. Like, I didn't say you. I said people. I said people who watch it works this. Here. What do you want? It works here. Like, I, I, I mean, I've never seen that. I've never seen a guy do a suicide dive and then just as his ankles clear the ropes, do a full somersault and land on a dude. Like, that's, that's amazing. And like, oh, dive. He doesn't know how to work. He can't work. He sucks at working. That, that worked. The thing that he did worked. He probably practiced that shit for weeks and pulled it out now against the top guy in the division and landed a pretty good move on it. Now, yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Lindsay, you're going to go out there. You're going to get your ass beat in five minutes. Show something before that. And what he showed was great stuff. Like I said, wow, like three times during the match. But do people care? No, it's like, oh, well, we're just waiting. Because of what they've done to the cruiserweights, like – it's not. It's not exciting because it doesn't mean anything. Because they're they're not. But on a in a vacuum, with no context, you can at least get excited for the for the artistry of these guys, can't you? Or can you not? I would like to think so. Like, and the thing is, 
everybody has this this mistaken perception that this division used to be like super over at any point in history. Like it really wasn't like super over. There were times where it had some good storylines. It was kind of over, but like people weren't going crazy for those Viano versus Juventus Guerrero matches. Uh, Viano four, Viano five. Who gives a shit? Didn't matter which one it was. But Raw is in a situation where this can give people something different. This can get people cooking. This can let them go crazy. Let them go crazy. And I know they're worried about injuries and stuff, but the, the thing is, you got so many cruiserweights right now, yeah. you're going to be okay. Like, let's say the unthinkable happens and Lince Dorado breaks his ankle doing something crazy tonight. When was the last time you saw Lince Dorado on Raw? Like, like it's they can Grand Metal Leaks just sitting there out. waiting. Yeah, like they, they can pull somebody else out of, out of the off the bench and have him do something next week if God forbid an injury were to happen. So, you know, let's just at least make these guys exciting and fun. A uh, couple of notes, guys. Programming note: Saturday night, I believe Carlos and Steve will be here after the Pacquiao versus Horn fight. That's on ESPN. Sunday, I will be here for like a weekend wrap up of the G One special both nights. So I'll warn you, I'll tell you when to fast forward when we cover night two, because I know some of you are going to wait for the access presentation. I will not. I'll have one screen on New Japan, G1 Special Night 2, one screen on Impact Slammiversary. I'm going to do a wrap-up on all those Sunday night. at the Whenever the last one is finished, basically, is how I will, how I will handle that. Also, I uh, wanted to dedicate this show to the memory of Jackie. Some of you know him as Double J Johnson. He was a big wrestling fan, fan or friends with tons of guys in the wrestling business. Uh, a mutual friend of myself and Shane Helms and Disco Inferno, who uh, passed away this weekend. An incredibly great dude. Played fantasy football with him in, ironically, the Canyon Cup, which was dedicated to the memory of Chris Canyon, who was a friend of several people in it, but... Uh, Double J was a great dude who uh, was wonderful. And like, if my path hadn't crossed with him through that, it would have at some point because he was so deep in the game. I know he was really good friends with Norman Smiley and a ton of others, but I wanted to extend my condolences to to his family and, of course, his other friends. Uh, he, he will be missed big time. His late night rants were, were something else. But uh, we move on to uh, actually Neville caused Tazawa into the ring, and Titus prevents it from happening because he's smart, and he says, "Whoa, you guys aren't fighting for free. I got a match set up for Great Balls of Fire. I like this. Again, complimentary to the intelligence of the fan, not insulting. Who's writing these shows now, Alex? Who's doing this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know who's doing it. I love it." Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also love the uh, gray area of the Titus brand, or or Titus International, as it's now supposed to be called. Um, uh, that these guys are – Titus is a heel? Yeah, kind of, basically. And yet Tozawa is totally babyface, and we're, they're working together. And it's just Titus going after the most money possible. And I think that's a really cool motivation – for this guy who doesn't care about either any allegiances, as long as it makes him money. I love it. That's a term you're going to hear me use a lot. As long as they do it complimentary to our intelligence. I, I, I love it. Number one contender gauntlet match up next. Nia uh, Jackson Bailey are first. 
Bailey knows how to work Nia Jax, but I'm not convinced Nia Jax knows how to work with a lot of other women. Her work has improved, but you've got very much the Tamina situation where they get as lowest to the ground as possible before they bump. Looks a little weird. Bailey gets beaten clean in about five minutes. What are your thoughts on that? What even that? Like, that's fine, but that should be the storyline going forward. Like, every two minutes, somebody should say, hey, can you believe Bailey got jobbed out like that? I wouldn't use that language, but, like, Graves should point it out. Like, as we get further, we should say, hey, everyone, remember, 20 minutes ago, Nia Jax beat the former Raw Women's Champion, the most recent one other than Alexa Bliss, really easily. That should be a storyline going forward, but it's not. They just – it just happened unceremoniously, and they moved past it. And it was – that's kind of – worrisome to me you know yeah it's worrisome to me too you had what looked to be a surefire win in bailey i mean it was like worst case scenario you could make her into john cena of the women and just superman her to the point to where kids love her and maybe adults don't whatever no big deal but you know what I, I was listening to Bruce Pritchard's podcast last week, and it talked about the the rise of John Cena. You don't realize some of the shit John Cena went through, so you can recover. You can recover, oh, yeah. but we'll see if you can have. It would take several years to get there, and who knows? Like a lot of these women, their their longevity is not six, seven, eight, nine years. It's three, four. Sure. You know. Well, a lot of those women. Built a little different, maybe had different goals, aspirations. True. You had True. a lot of women who were far too ready to retire at 28, 29. I mean, that was the standard for a long time, like AJ and Caitlin, Beth right. Phoenix dipping out, uh, the Bellas dipping out. That, that was that was standard back then. Imagine doing your finish and then being like, well, wait, I'm not going to do my finish. I'm going to pose. <laughs> That's what Mickey James did, and she got beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was that. Uh, yeah, she did. Also, Dana Brooke, there's not really a lot to say about that. Her 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 pants suck. There you go. Yep. Dana Brooke does her <laughs> springboard elbow, and I love not Nia Jax just was like, no. No. Nope. Nope. Pushed her. Then beat her. Complete squash. I'm okay with that, too. Yes. I would have switched Mickey James and Emma. Mickey yeah. James has been around since the printing press. She can handle this. Mm-hmm. Emma has been so start and stop. I don't know if she can. That's rough. They, that's two straight weeks she's taken it clean. And not only that, she took it clean from a girl who just ran through three other girls. I don't, I, as I said, it's a colossal waste of Emma. It's, it's very sad because, uh, because she couldn't be Sable. Right. Well, like, and a lot of critics that I've seen of it says he chose not to. And when the boss tells you to do something, you do it. Okay, but like, that's a really shitty way to go through life. I mean, she knew the gimmick wasn't going to work for her, and she 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 tried to convince them that the thing she was doing before would be better. And the people who who, lo- who like evil Emma love evil Emma, and I'm one of them. And to see her do this, it it it, it, it hurts. But there should be a there should be there should have been more context of what Nia Jax was doing as she was going through the gauntlet before she got to Sasha. 
by beating Bailey, beating a multi-time women's and divas champ in Mickey James. Squashing Dana Brooke, get that out of here. Emma like was was a rising star, and now he's back from from her back injury. She's she's looks really good. She got in some quick offense, and then Nia squashed it. Now you have after you put if you put that all in that context, Nia Jax looks unstoppable going in against Sasha Banks, and would make that last however long that was 12, 15 minutes even better. As it was, that was great. Sasha versus Nia Jax was great. Oh, that was awesome. That was real good stuff. I had somebody that said, and not not to put them on blast, but they said, I'm going to be upset when 115 Sasha pound, pound Sasha Banks comes in and beats Nia Jax. And I'm like, what? Like from a realism standpoint, I'll just, I'll just break this down. One, Nia Jax just had four matches, four matches. Also, I take any top 15 UFC 115 pounder, and I said 270 pounds didn't mean to blow up her weight. 240 is what she's billed at. I put any top 15 115 pound woman, she beats whoever the top 240 pound woman is in the world because they don't fight well. Right. They don't last long. Nia Jax lasted long. She worked like a 30-minute match. Yeah. It's it's pro wrestling. You believe as much as you want to believe. And Sasha Banks came in there at 115 pounds. Right. And I said that Bailey knew how to work Nia Jax. Damn, Sasha Banks does too. That knee offense really, really works against Nia Jax. Um, I would have had a problem with her winning if she had done it off like a Meteora like her double knees and pinned her. But the way she beat her, like like ha- like getting her in the bank statement while while Nia Jax was standing and then finally getting her to her knees and just wrenching her back like yeah, that's that's the way you have to beat her. And and the thing about it is I loved every second of this. But let's say Sausage Banks goes on to Great Balls of Fire and she beats Alexa Bliss. In and then at SummerSlam or beyond, you have a Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks one-on-one match at a pay-per-view. This finish will not be topped. There's, I, I, I don't know how you top. The, the way they put this together, it was really well executed, really brilliantly conceived, and I'm, I'm worried that they may have blown their wad on whatever could be a great Sasha Banks versus Nia thing in the future. That said, this was totally badass and echoed the way Bailey, Sasha's best friend, first beat Nia when she got her in the guillotine choke and would not let go. Yeah. Like, there's a really good, like, symmetry there between these two best friends who, if you wanted to write this, it wouldn't be bad, learned from each other, and Bailey can say, Sasha can say, the only reason I was able to beat Nia is because you taught me how. That could be a cool thing that, like, like changes Bailey's trajectory in some way. But... Apparently, they might do a thing where she's never been kissed by a boy. Like, that's a rumor going around, but that's her storyline now, and I'm just like, please don't do that. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I, I agree with, with much of that. I don't think Nia Jax was hurt. We watched Nia Jax grow in this match. She looked amazing in this match. Yeah. You know what I mean? Outside, like, of, that, yeah. outside of the one little... I, I, I thought she's... I think she got better as the match went on. And for a 240-pound right. woman, 
that ain't easy to do, man. That's she didn't she didn't look gassed near the end of the match. Like she didn't look like she was just like really struggling for breath. Like she held her own in there. And yeah. Well they I, they'll I, look I, at you that way. They they teach you breathing and all that stuff at the performance center. But man, this was a very important match of the career of Nia Jax because like like intangibles. We saw a thing last week. I ran an article about how James Storm said that the fake Undertaker and Wolfie D should be in the Impact Hall of Fame. And it's really uh, the new church from from TNA fame. And he said that he wanted them in there because of how much they helped him and made him grow as a wrestler. I think this match probably helped Nia Jax grow as a wrestler. Uh, Deanna Peraza will talk about it on the list in your boy either this week or next week. She was about eight matches into her career, and Rip Rogers was like, Hey, right here in the training center, you're going to work a 60-minute match with former WWE tag champion Mike Mondo. Here you go. Have fun. (laughs) And she was like, what? I don't know what I'm doing. And it helped her grow so much as a wrestler. This match helped Nia Jax grow as a wrestler. She got to have a squash match. She got to have a long pay-per-view type of match. She got to have a medium-length raw match. She got to have like an abbreviated like back and forth, like, oh, we cut your time type of match. Mm-hmm. We got to see a lot of stuff out of Nia Jax here. And while I was not optimistic early on when she was bumping the way that I – isn't my personal preference at the beginning, by the end of this match, I was just like, man, if she can put this together and she can get that steam a little earlier in her matches, that, that's very promising. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Got anything I, I, else on this show, Alex? No. Uh, this was this was about as good of a a raw as you can expect. My my problem is is now I I wish this was the kind of a thing that we got this quality of a raw heading into the pay per view. Good looking pay per view too. Damn, what a good looking pay per view. Yeah, it really is. Um, but is it like they they keep putting on their worst raws on the go home shows. And I'm just wondering, like, how little we're actually going to get to see of the fun stuff next week. Uh, but you know, yeah, I'm looking forward to these matches on uh, uh, at hashtag Great Balls. Yeah. Hey guys. Uh, yeah, we have somebody saying if they're really happy to see Deanna back at Fightful. Me too. By the way, don't sleep on Jason Kincaid. Go over to that Pro Series tab, which will be moved pretty soon because we're going to go undergo some much needed visual changes. But uh, Jason Kincaid, who wrestles for Evolve, does some badass writing for us, guys. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he compiles all these into a book. Like, he has done maybe, I feel like, 40, 45 different articles for us, and they're really, really awesome. Like, you get a look at him, ROH tryouts, signing his Evolve contract, being hospitalized, lots of cool stuff there. Of course, uh, We had Brandon Howard take a look back 10 years later at the deaths of Nancy, Daniel, and Chris Benoit. Brandon being the awesome dude that he is, like, he wasn't comfortable writing that. And I like to kind of, I like to push some of my people into maybe stepping out of their comfort zones. And of course, he did a great job with it. And he donated his earnings to places like uh, the Sports Legacy Institute and NAMI, a a program that I've worked with or a foundation i've worked with before i'm gonna match what he donates uh to nami as well so a lot of respect for brandon for doing that also anna bauer as it turns out is a badass writer and she did a great glow review which uh got a lot of saw that blowing up on reddit today too 
Yeah, but lot, lots of cool stuff over at Fightful.com. Who would have thought that our very own Renaissance lady would be multi-talented in every way possible? Me, because I tried to get her to write in like uh, December yeah. or November. Let's just say, your boy knows what he's doing. And Anna Boward is one hell of a talent. Of course, you all can catch her tomorrow night on the post-Smackdown show. Join me tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern with Showdown Joe for the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. If you guys haven't ever checked out our MMA shows before, just give it a whirl. You'll at least be entertained. I at least say crazy stuff on the show all the time. Guys, uh, until next time, subscribe. Leave us a thumbs up. That really helps. But uh, spread the word about Fightful. We are going to undergo some visual changes. It'll The website, I think, will will resemble the Fightful Pods website a little bit more, which you all should be checking out. But go over and use those forums as well. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow us at Fightful Online. We have an Instagram now, at Fightful Online. Follow Alex at Pawlowski the fourth. Until next time, guys, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.